You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Well, we've entitled it, The Secret to a Blessed Life. People always want to know the secrets. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. Amen. So God has a lot of secrets. So we want to look at some of those things. Christianity is all about our heart. Christianity is all about your heart. It's, it's about the purity of your heart. Joshua 1 verse 8 teaches us that the word of God was written for your success and for my success. So when we observe to do The Bible says that God will make our ways successful. In Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, it teaches us that God has placed the ability, the power on the inside of us to be successful. Why? To establish his covenant. He says, God has given us the power to be successful, to obtain wealth, because he wants to establish his covenant with us. That relationship The first area where you should prosper is in your spiritual life. When you prosper in your spiritual life, that blessing will start to flow into every area of your life. Amen? When we look at the Bible, when we look at praying, when we look at fasting, it's mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. That's a lot. So it means we should give attention to praying. But when it comes to finances and money, it's mentioned 3,000 times. So it's something to think about that, that God in his words spoke a lot about finances so that people will know what is the truth. Whatever we look at in the word of God, when we look at finances or when we study the word of God, we always have to view it in the light of God's word. Not what we think, but God's word. What is God's word saying? So we look at the Old Testament, we look at the New Testament. But when we look at the Old Testament, we have to look at it through what Jesus has done on the cross. So 2020 has been a very challenging year. I think especially when it comes to finances, been very sensitive because people have received Salary cuts, retrenchments, you know what's going on. But I think it's always been sensitive. Even in the days of Jesus, it was sensitive. But Jesus spoke about it 3,000 times through his word. When you look at the Bible, you can see Abraham was a blessed man. Turn to the person next to you and say, Abraham was blessed. Abraham was a blessed man. Isaac was a blessed man. Jacob was a blessed man. When you look at the word of God, Job was a blessed man. Although he went through challenges, he was a blessed man. David was blessed. All these men, all these biblical characters, when you look at them, there's one thing that they have in common. It's their hearts. They had a heart for God. Abraham obeyed God and was accounted to him as righteousness. Job never... Stop saying Jesus is good. The Bible says he never sinned with his mouth. A David was somebody that his brothers wrote off. When they had to go to battle, they left him to look after the sheep. 
when the man of God said, don't you have any other brothers? They said, no, everybody is here. They forgot about him. So insignificant. But God positioned him to become a king. From a natural point of view, we saw a shepherd boy. But God changed everything. David tapped into that secret of a blessed life. That is to love God with all your heart, with all your strength. So when we talk about finances even, it's all about your heart. Where do you put your heart? Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Are you there? And we're going to start and we're just going to lay a foundation. The Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So we can see this is not about finances. It talks about, it's talking about judgment. It's talking about the principle, have grace with people so that people will have grace with you. Amen? The same measure that you use is the measure that will be used back to you. That's why we have to show a lot of grace. Because you need a lot of grace. It's a simple principle of what you sow, you will reap. Genesis 8 verse 22 teaches us, from the beginning is seed time and harvest. It means that you can change your situation and your circumstances by just starting to plant the right kind of seeds. If you want more smiles, start planting more smiles. If you want friends, start being a friend. She says this is a very simple principle. The Phillips translation in Galatians 6 verse 17 says that God is not mocked. He says, don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's entire life is based upon the seed that he has sown. So if you are going through a tough time right now, don't start planting the wrong kinds of seed. Continue to plant righteous seeds. When you look at Job chapter 1, you can see that Job was a righteous man. Even when he went through things that were unrighteous, he continued to plant righteous seeds. The Bible said he never sinned with his mouth. In James 5 verse 11, we see that the Bible says we know the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is merciful, he's full of compassion, and he restored double back to Job. So as a Christian, it's all about the heart. When we enter into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. As a Christian, as somebody that's born of God, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is about planting righteous seeds at all times. Turn to the person next to you and say, Remember to plant good seeds. Tell them again. Say, remember to plant good seeds. Now go with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Just laying a foundation. 
the same reference to what I've just read in Matthew 7, but it's Luke 6 verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Family, listen to me. Judgment comes from your heart. Forgiveness comes from your heart. Romans 2 says, Therefore you are inexcusable for whosoever whatsoever you judge. You condemn yourself because you practice the same thing. Many times when you judge people, the same measure is used back to you. So he's saying here, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is the secret to a blessed life. What you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. God is really after your heart. It says here, when you give, it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, will men give to you. This reference is actually towards the poor. When you study the word of God, you'll see that people that went into the field to labor, when they harvested the grain or the wheat or whatever, they would put it in their baskets. So they wouldn't make it too full because then it was too heavy. They just would put enough to do what they have to do, like many people do at work, and then go hand that in. But what was left over, the poor were allowed to go in and pick that up. So when you pick up something and you want more, when you put it in that basket, you shake it a bit so that it will go down, so that you can fill it up. Am I right? He says that's what God wants to do. He wants to help you. When you think about Ruth in the Bible, we have Ruth, we have Boaz, and we have Naomi. The Bible teaches us, all Bible scholars will confirm that Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. Naomi is a type of the Holy Spirit, and Ruth is a type of the church, us. So Boaz gives instruction to all his servants. He says, drop extra hands full where you see where Ruth will be walking. She's just walking in that field, picking up hands full. She gets home. Naomi says to her, where were you today, girl? She says, why? She says, what you've picked up is not normal. She says, what do you mean? She says, I've just been picking up. She says, what you've picked up is not normal. Somebody is looking out for you. To go in a field where people have harvested, to pick up this is not normal. Boaz a type of Christ is looking out and making sure that she's picking up hands full. Naomi says to her, I want to give some advice to you. Don't be seen in another man's field. What is he saying? He's saying, there where you are picking up hands full, be in that field. For many Christians, I want to give you this advice. You can go to any church and pick up seed. Pick up the word of God. The word of God is, is seed. It's, it's life unto us. It's that manna from heaven. But the advice of the Holy Spirit, be in the field where you are picking up hands full, where you are getting that extra. Amen. So that's just for free. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm here to pick up hands full.
So it's important to know that whatever you're going to sow, you are always going to reap more than what you are sowing. So if you start planting smiles, friendship, kindness, you know that what will come back will be more. Give, and it will be given unto you. When you start giving smiles, you'll see smiles coming your way. Pressed down, shaken together, that's what will be given unto you, starting to flow over. Remember, God has poured out His love into our hearts. When God met with Peter, He said, Do you love me? He said, Yes, Lord, I love you. All ministry from Christ Jesus, according to the Word of God, comes from a relationship with Jesus because we love Him. And that love that's been poured out in our hearts starts to flow over to others. Amen. The challenge is that when we look at finances, when we look at what the Bible says about money, people have been taught incorrectly. The Word of God, the Old Testament especially, where we are under the law, is used to bring judgment and condemnation upon people. And many times when people give, they give out of condemnation and not because a heart that's in love with Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about your heart. Think about this for one minute. Jesus Christ was God the Father's most precious possession. Jesus was the first seed ever planted. Heaven gave its very best. A seed of righteousness, of holiness, of salvation, of redemption was planted. God the Father planted that seed with no assurance that you would accept him. But he planted it knowing that he would have a harvest. And here you sit today, born again. We oftentimes don't teach people the correct way when it comes to finances. Finances and money is all about a relationship. A matter of fact, giving is a principle, not a law. When the law came, sin revived, and I died. But the principle brings life. You are a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit. This principle of giving works for everybody. It works for us as Christians, and it works for people that are not Christians. When you plant a seed, whether you're a farmer that served Jesus or you don't serve Jesus, when you plant those seeds, they are going to grow. If you water them, if you fertilize them, they're going to grow. The difference is people that don't know Jesus, they give for the wrong motives. And we should, in the church, also teach people the right motives, not the incorrect motives, the right motives. Giving is all about our hearts. You are blessed to be a blessing. You're not blessed. You're not giving 
to get. You're giving so that you can become a greater blessing. You are saved today, not just to go to heaven and say, well, I've made it. You are saved to save others. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm saved to save others. I'm blessed to be a blessing. When we give, we should see it as an assignment from heaven. We should see it as an assignment from God. Because giving is all about our hearts. Amen? In Ecclesiastes 9, the Bible teaches us that money answers everything. Have you read it? In Ecclesiastes 9, it says money answers everything. The message translation says money makes the world go around. Money answers everything. For you to be here in church today, Money answered the transport. The clothes that you have on, money answered that. The lights that's on, money answered it. The chair that you are sitting on, money answered. So money answers everything. To preach the gospel, you need money. But money is not the answer to everything. Money answers everything. But money is not the answer to everything. Money cannot buy you salvation. Jesus Christ paid that price in full. Money cannot buy you love. The love that God has got for us, He poured out into our hearts when we wanted nothing to do with Him. That's the unconditional love. When we become a Christian, when you become a life-giving spirit, Giving, I'm blessed to be a blessing, is not just something you do. It's who you've become because the greatest giver lives on the inside of you. You have this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That which God values most about you is beyond human comprehension because in our hearts we are all made to be like God. When God takes up the rightful place in your heart, Holiness is not something you do. It's who you've become. Because Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin, so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Humility is not something you do. It's who you've become because of your total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Serving is not just something you do. It's who you've become. Because the greatest servant lives on the inside of you. Can you see the need when Paul said, in him we live and move and have our being? The truth is actually, without him, we cannot live, we cannot move, we cannot have our being. When you are born again, when you are born again, born from above, and your heart, your spirit is linked up with God, your giving becomes part of your worship because we worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen? The message translation says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12, the heart regulates the hands. The heart regulates the hands. Remember, your heart is your spirit. When we worship God, we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, 
you're drawing close to me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. When you have somebody's heart, you've got everything. God is after your heart. Now, when we start doing things, when we give and we see it as an assignment from God, I mean you give for God's sake. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says that when you do it in this way, it increases the fruits of your righteousness. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So can you see when we give, God wants us to give in humility and sincerity of heart. Then it's not so important what you give, but the manner that you give it in. When we give, we have to give in humility and sincerity of heart. When you give in humility and sincerity of heart, you will get God's full attention. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. I want to show you something. Is this helping you? I want to say, when it comes to giving in the Bible, it's not a quick reach scheme. It's more about a lifestyle, an attitude that we have towards God. God is after your heart. God is rich beyond your wildest dreams. Amen. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Are you there? Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had, her whole livelihood. Family, today, Jesus is still looking at the treasury. He's not looking at what you are giving. He's looking at the heart that you are giving with. He's looking at the manner that you are giving. Remember, baptism is an outward sign that you are inwardly born again. In the same way, giving shows outwardly what we believe inwardly. It takes faith to give what you cherish most. It takes faith to give what you cherish most. What you give is not so important. She gave two cents. But she gave what her life depended upon. She gave because she loved. Outwardly, she looked poor. But inwardly, God was dominating her heart. Inwardly, her heart was full of love for God. Outwardly, those with a lot of money, it looked like they had a lot. But inwardly, they were poor because they were putting their trust in their finances, where she was putting her trust in God. God is still looking at the treasury today. 
When you give with all your heart, you'll get God's attention. In the book of Acts 10, Cornelius, the Bible says he was a devoted man. He prayed regularly, and he always gave alms. He was a giver. He was a wealthy man that gave liberally, and it got God's attention. So whether you have a lot or whether you have little in your hand, the most important thing is the manner that you give. She gave what her life depended upon. It is praiseworthy when you give beyond your ability. When you say, God, I'm going to make the sacrifice. You can see that. And Jesus was aware of that. When he looked at her, he saw, wow. Guys, come here, come. Listen here. This woman, from a natural point of view, you think she's just given two cents. I'm telling you now, she's given what her life depends upon. These that have a lot, they gave what they did not need. Whereas she put her very best into that offering basket. I heard a story about Alexander the Great. When he was walking once, he gave a golden coin to a beggar. And when he gave the golden coin, those that standing around said, you know what? You could have given him a bronze coin. It would have been enough. And he said, yeah, it would have been sufficient for his heart. But the golden coin was sufficient for my heart. So God knows exactly where you are giving. Sometimes you can give a copper coin and people say, wow, look what he's giving. But you know you should be giving the golden coin. Always give God your very best. Abraham had this revelation that you have to put God first. Had this revelation that it's about God. Abraham understood that he could only give to God what comes from God. Who made the promise of Isaac? God. Who gave Isaac to Abraham? God. So when God asked him for Isaac, it was easy to give it because it came from God. Your giving becomes part of your worship. Family, listen to me. It's all about your heart, and God can see right into your heart. Number one, why is it important, our giving, that we do it in the right way? Because the thing that you worship, you will become like that thing. That's why we worship God. When we worship God, we become more like God. But when you worship money, when you put your trust in money, you'll become like that money. Money is a very good servant, but the worst taskmaster. If money rules over you, if you, your trust is in money, if you worship money, you'll become like money. You can go read the Bible. God is always challenging people to put God first. The man at the gate, beautiful. What did Peter and John say to him? They said he was sitting, leaning against gate, beautiful, a type of Jesus. He's got the answer, but he's leaning with his back against the answer. Peter and John said to him, silver and gold we do not have, 
what we have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. They were saying to him, forsake your way of thinking money is the answer. And why don't you look to Jesus? Remember, he couldn't go into the temple. He couldn't go into God's presence because he was lame. Now after he had received healing, he could enter into God's presence. I want to tell you, when you give, make a decision to put a quality smile on people's faces. When you give, even if it's that two cents, whether it's two cents that you can give, 200 rand, 2,000 rand, 200,000, 2 million, 20 million, 200 million, 2 billion. It doesn't matter. Give with all your heart. God is still watching over the treasury. He's still looking and seeing with what kind of heart you are giving. Jesus can see if you're a convenient giver, giving what you have left. This widow was not a convenient giver. She gave what her life depended upon. Ask yourself, have you dealt with your selfish heart? Ask yourself, you know, if, you, if, we, if we have to be honest, most children, before they say mama, they say mine. <laughs> so from a young age, we are mine, mine, mine. But you have to train your heart. Train your heart to be loyal towards God. Ask yourself, if everybody gave the way that I give, what will the church look like a year from now? Train your heart to be a generous giver. Let me give you some advice. We often say, where my heart is, my treasure will be. That's incorrect. It's where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's the things that you treasure, your heart will follow in their direction. Because the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. If you want your heart to be in your family, start treasuring your family more. Okay, business people. Let me prove it to you quickly. Go and buy, if a businessman buys 20 million rands worth of stock on the stock exchange today, his treasure is there. Where is his heart going to be? Every morning he's going to see. Let me just see what's going on. But if there's no treasure there, your heart won't be there. One of the greatest dangers in the church right now for the past six months, people have not been treasuring the church anymore. It's not that they don't love Jesus. They've just started to love watching Jesus on TV more than being in his house. Whereas David said, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. Develop a generous heart. A heart that is quick to help. It's so sorry that most Christians have to write the same test that the Israelites write or wrote with a golden calf. First they have to write the test of the golden calf before they understand the value of money. That 
which they gave for the golden calf was intended for God's temple. And what happened? Moses took it, he grinded it into powder, he put it in the water, and he made them drink it. So that which you don't give to God, which belongs to God, goes wasted. Gratitude generates generosity. When you are always thankful, grateful, thank you, Jesus, is a response from a grateful heart. They all gave out of their abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. She gave what her life depended upon. I want to close with 2 Corinthians 9 verse 17. Giving is a rare grace given to people. When you have something in your hand, you don't have to always be money. Sometimes it's just your kindness. Sometimes it's just your strength. Sometimes it's your help. Go and just do something. And you'll see it will come back pressed down, shaken together. That's what God will give back unto you. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 17 says, Let each one give as he's made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart. You decide in your heart. It's not the pastor to convince you or to condemn you or to put you on a guilt trip that should force you or move you in a place to give. Let each one give as he's made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, or under compulsion, for God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling and to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. That lady that gave the two cents, she didn't give it grumping, complaining, murmuring. I'm giving now my last, making a sacrament. No. She came and gave in humility at God's Jesus' attention. There's another time where a woman came with an albuster jar full of perfume, 300 denarii, came to Jesus. Now, just remember, one denarii was a day's wage. So 300 denarii was almost a year's income that she brought to Jesus. Today, if people had to give a year's salary They'll come all parading. I'm coming to the church today. I just want to going to give it unto the Lord, give all the glory to God, but I just want you to know. Here it is. Just want to be acknowledged. No, the Bible says she came from behind. In humility and sincerity of heart. That was her ticket out for her and her family. But she knew that money could not set her free. Only Jesus could. And she gave in humility and sincerity of heart. Go look, she didn't even think herself worthy to face him directly. The Bible says she came from behind. Said, I'm unworthy to be in your presence. I want to give this that my life depends upon. Because I need you, Jesus. And her name is still mentioned today. That humility and sincerity of heart. That's how we give. So whether you give something small or something big from a natural point of view, it doesn't matter. 
but the manner when you are giving with all your heart. That's what God takes pleasure in. When you give, make sure that you are giving with a happy heart. I almost want to say, if you're not going to be happy, don't give. Sometimes you give with pain, but you know you'll reap with joy. But even when you give with pain, you're not murmuring and complaining because it's between you and God. God can see right into your heart. So giving, the first thing when we talk about giving, the secret to a blessed life, it's all about your heart. All about your heart. You can go look at the widow that provided for the man of God. It was in humility and sincerity of heart that all of that was done. The rich woman that supplied for Elisha, she didn't want any. And he said, can I talk to the king? Can I talk to the commander? She said, no, because she knew you can have your reward here on earth or you can have your reward in heaven. And she said, I'm not prepared to take the reward here. I want the reward from heaven. I know Jesus is still looking at the treasury. He's looking and seeing in what manner I'm giving. It's all about the heart. See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.